Welcome to the Mindful Medicina Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeanette Daniels. I'm a naturopathic medical doctor on a mission to inspire a renewed confidence in the intelligence of the human body. And joining the conversation today is my friend and colleague, Janelle Hartman, lymphatic and colon hydrotherapist, esteemed yoga teacher of teachers, and the co-producer of this show. Welcome to our first Quest In show, where listeners ask and we answer. I have a question from a listener here. He writes, as a middle-aged man, I wonder about a healthy testosterone level for myself. I have many friends who are taking testosterone injections, and all of them swear by it. I'm a bit more hesitant to lunge in. I want my body to age naturally and without this, if possible. What are some of the pros and cons and indicators and contraindications to taking testosterone shots? What are some other supplements and options? What do you got for us, Doc? Okay, testosterone. Um, Great question. Good intuition on asking, you know, if, if this is the best route to go as far as supplementing testosterone. I myself do not administer or prescribe testosterone injections, otherwise known as testosterone cypionate. Uh, the reason I don't do that is because it is molecularly different than our own endogenous testosterone. So my effort is in avo- avoiding any negative side effects. So for example, our endogenous testosterone is made of 19 carbon, 28 hydrogen, and 2 oxygen. Whereas the cypionate version, which you get in a shot, is 27 carbon and 40 hydrogen and 3 oxygen. So you can see that it's just massively different than what we make. So I use the testosterone cream that is basically yam as the source, and that is molecularly identical. You could also use soy, but a lot of people avoid soy because 90% of it is genetically modified in this country, and they also just sort of want to avoid soy as maybe allergy potential. So... Instead, as I was noting, the testosterone cream that I use is more natural. Uh, But bear in mind, because it is made in a compounding lab, it's still synthetic from the perspective that it is made in a lab, right? Your body's not making it. And so um, just to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of you know, potentially, you know, what you could do instead of injections and, you know, besides the creams, um, we can go into some causes of low testosterone. And that's where I usually like to start is, you know, where is this deficit coming from? And you're starting to see that men in their 30s are actually low in testosterone, you know, relative to their father or grandfather, 
They can often have lower testosterone because we live in a, let's call it a dirtier environment. And uh, it's, it's, it's troubling to see because, you know, I, I have to always ask my 30-year-olds, you know, have you ever had your testosterone checked? And they kind of laugh like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine in that area. <laughs> but um, it's, it's really a problem because it's going to be important for a whole lot of systemic reasons, which we'll get into. So I just want to start off with a couple of myths around testosterone. One of the biggest ones is that testosterone is a male hormone. But in fact, testosterone is an androgen for both men and women. And the other myth is that estrogen is predominantly a female hormone. But how these hormones differ is in their ratios between the genders. So for example, in women, the ratio is four to one. And yes, women have more testosterone than estrogen, uh, especially in menopause. Men also have obviously a rich amount of testosterone available, but they also have a lot of estrogen. Uh, and this occurs via aromatization downstream to, um, to estrogen, from the testosterone to estrogen. So they, they convert a lot of their testosterone to estrogen. And you see that a lot in you know, the androgenic or uh, the steroid injections that some bodybuilders will use. And so they get a ton of feminizing qualities uh, from that conversion. So that's kind of a, a little warning about using those. Um, when it comes to finding out, like, am I, am I low in testosterone? You know, and this is a question that needs to be answered sooner in life these days. Uh, you'll do a blood draw and the testosterone is measured in both total testosterone and free testosterone. Um, this is measured in either picograms per mil or nanograms per mil, depending on the lab. Docs will use the total testosterone value for diagnosing whether someone has hypogonadism, otherwise known as low testosterone, and uh, that definition is a total testosterone of 300 nanograms per mil or less. For me, and what I learned to do in residency was to look at the free testosterone when it comes to treating hypogonadism because free testosterone is available for use in the blood whereas total testosterone is bound up in what's called sex hormone binding globulin. It is basically used to shuttle testosterone to the organs and the tissues. So that's really good and really valuable and important to, to have some testosterone in tissues. But as far as managing available testosterone, I need to dose you based on your free testosterone. So... Where is testosterone made? So now we know that both men and women have a good amount or should have a good amount and that um, these hormones will come from varying places, namely the testes, the ovaries, and the adrenals. So in men, you're getting production of testosterone in the testes and the adrenals for women, ovaries, and adrenals. So... The question is, 
you know, where is this deficit occurring from? And you can essentially, it's a clear-cut picture when you head into menopause for women that, you know, they're they're not producing the same amount of hormones that they once did because their ovaries do not produce it. Whereas men will produce testosterone forever if the environment is correct and the input is correct. So when we get older, especially women, they are going to be more reliant on testosterone conversion from DHEA in the adrenals. So very important to maintain your adrenal health as you get older, for men too, because you you do want as much as you can get testosterone-wise from all the available organs that it's produced. So what are the benefits or what are the effects of having testosterone and especially testosterone in healthy levels? So testosterone is going to be critical and helpful for skin health, hair growth, collagen, muscle growth, strength, endurance, bone mass density, increased sex drive, memory, mood, red blood cell production, and also for spermatogenesis, sperm production. But I think what most people don't realize is that many of the benefits of testosterone are a consequence of testosterone's aromatization to estradiol. And I want to basically differentiate these estrogens because estrogen is not estrogen. You know, there's three different forms. So estradiol is the strongest estrogen and the one that we really want to see in in higher quantities, uh, especially as we age. Uh, The other estrogens are estrone and estriol. Estriol is really nice to give, particularly for women, if they're having vaginal dryness, then that's really great topically. But yeah, you want to you wanna have a higher amount of estradiol. So when I prescribe estradiol in cream and or oral, typically I'll go for the oral route because it's better for cardiovascular health. Um, you know, I'm... I'm I'm giving estradiol, you know, not estrone or estriol. Estradiol is the queen when it comes to preventing age-related conditions such as osteoporosis, type 2 diabetes, cancer, and cardiovascular disease. What's really fascinating is that men will supersede women in cardiovascular events until women settle into menopause. And uh, then women will outnumber men in cardiovascular events secondary to this significant drop in estradiol. So you could see how important estradiol is for cardiovascular health. But I just wanted to mention that because a lot of the benefits that testosterone is, is, you know, boasting is really a consequence of it aromatizing to estradiol. So estradiol is thought to and, impro- and proven in some cases to reverse atherosclerosis or arteriosclerosis. And so this is going to improve blood flow, uh, which is important in preventing not only heart attacks, but also dementia. And of course, in maintaining erections literally downstream. So <laughs> the number one reason that men 
seek medical care besides having a finger cut off with a circular saw is that they can't get it up. So it's really the only time I'll see a male in clinic unless the girlfriend sends them because they've got bad gas. <laughs> so so I see I do see men for testosterone supplementation. Um, I'm sort of known for prescribing bioidentical hormones to menopausal women. But I'm always happy to see when a, a guy come in and, and care about, you know, his health. So I really appreciate this, this question. So before we dive into the causes of low testosterone, I have a, a funny, I have maybe two fun facts to share. All right, here we go. Men with lower testosterone levels are more likely to get married than men with high testosterone levels. <laughs> Number two, men exposed to ovulating women have higher testosterone levels than when hanging out with non-ovulating women. So it sounds to me that if you want to maintain testosterone levels, you want to stay single and work as a professor in an all-woman's college. <laughs> So, okay, so all jokes aside, let's go into the most common causes of low testosterone for both men and women because this is, this is for everybody. So uh, we aren't going to go into supplements um, until later on today. So what, you know, with Janelle, and so what I'm going to do is focus on the low testosterone causes and then the behavioral changes for those, and then we'll hop into some awesome supplements you could take. So the most obvious cause of, uh, let's just say, erectile dysfunction um, is a cardiovascular disease. And I know that we're, you know, that's not directly saying that you have low testosterone, but, you know, as a, as a naturopathic doctor, as a doctor in general, anytime we're talking about testosterone and or uh, erectile dysfunction, we, we always have to make sure that someone does not have any cardiovascular disease because blood flow is key. More so than anything that I'm going to go into right now. So if you do have an issue with erection, especially in the morning where you should be having an erection, then make sure that you have clear arteries and see your doctor for some labs and a checkup. And if all arteries are clean and clear and happy, then you can go into some other potential causes of low uh, sex drive or libido and also potentials for low testosterone. So the first one we will talk about today is lack of UV light. And I probably have... Um, I don't know, probably have, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I have a bias for sunshine, but it seems to be the thing that when you look up on, you know, in literature, some causes of low hormones, it's always going back to the UV light. So we're going to start there. Sunlight, it boosts testosterone, estrogen, and vitamin D. And I know that Janelle mentioned this in her episode around, you know, skincare for prepping your, your, your skin for the sun. We talk about sunlight um, increasing nitric oxide. So in studies, this actually beats out Viagra. So yeah, what you want to do is view 
UV light or sunshine, uh, within the first hour of waking, you, you really want to get this into your eyes and, and where it matters is your eyes, not the skin in regard to, to this hormone production cascade. So dopamine is created by UV light exposure and this will stimulate the gonadotropin releasing hormone luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, all from the hypothalamus. This whole event will stimulate estradiol and testosterone. So increasing your, um, your time in the sun and uh, allowing it to hit your cornea and especially your retinas. So you want to look at the sun with your eyes closed, of course. This will increase the dopamine levels It'll also increase melanocytes, um, and then that will help to increase the testosterone and estrogen downstream. And just bear in mind, anytime I say estrogen, I'm actually referring to estradiol. So you'll want to get two to 10 minutes of UV light into your eyes early in the morning, and please do not wear sunglasses as that would defeat the purpose. (sighs) I just think about all the people walking around with sunglasses, not making any hormones. So, yeah, be careful out there, okay? You know, for me, sunglasses is, is it, it sort of feels to me like it's, it's a, a condom or a birth control. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I don't need to wear a condom, I wear sunglasses. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing with light is, you, you know, you want to avoid bright light in the night, which will decrease dopamine, So if you're decreasing dopamine, you're going to decrease your testosterone levels. So number two, um, excessive synthetic blue light or EMF. Please don't place your phone anywhere that you care about. I'd like to go over a little bit of uh, statistics with regard to uh, EMF, for example, and how it affected testosterone levels. So in 1980, we had 1G, and about 1% of the population used cell phones at that time. And the testosterone levels, this is total testosterone, was around 675 nanograms per mil, with no reported erectile dysfunction. I mean, guys weren't going to the doctor to deal with this, right? Fast forward, 1990, 10 years later, we're in 2G now, And we've got 5% of the population using cell phones. You start to see that the testosterone levels have increased, or I'm sorry, decreased by 10%, but erectile dysfunction increased by 10%. In 2000, 30% of the population was using the now 3G. And we saw a decrease in testosterone levels by... Let's see, it looks like 20%, and then erectile dysfunction was at 15%. 2010, 4G, 75% of the population using it, using cell phones, and we see that uh, testosterone levels dropped by 35%, and erectile dysfunction went up to 23%. Now, unfortunately, in 2020, we have 5G, and 99% of the population is using a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just have to take a 
I just stop breathing when I say that. Yeah. And where a society is funneling us towards a situation where you actually have to have one to participate mm-hmm. in many, many, many things. Mm-hmm. Most things. Yeah. And the information on that is still pending. So unfortunately, I can't drop some numbers on on you today regarding, you know, where we're at with erectile dysfunction and testosterone levels with this 5G. But we will find out and I will let you know once I do come into some information about that. But you could see the trend that the more people are using cell phones and the higher up in G's we get, you do start to see that our hormones are definitely being negatively affected. So in 2015, the Bioelectromagnetic Laboratory in India found that testosterone levels were significantly decreased when exposed to EMFs, similar to those emitted by modern Wi-Fi routers. Um, I know that some people actually turn the Wi-Fi router off at night when they sleep. I think it's a really good idea. Unfortunately, some people are... (laughs) literally wired into their Wi-Fi all day and need it. Um, and then a, and I'm probably going to mess up his name here, but a Dr. Agrawal of the Cleveland Clinic and a leading fertility expert has researched this issue for decades and also concludes that EMF from cell phones is a major factor in societal decreases in the sperm count. A PubMed article revealed that chronic exposure to EMF could decrease male plasma testosterone and testosterone estradiol ratio, and it might possibly affect reproductive functions in males. So, you know, if you have a couple who has, is having a hard time getting pregnant, you definitely want to check the sperm of men, which I know is like a little bit beyond this topic today, but... You know, just in reference to this article, you know, it's it's important to note that these things are, you know, not just affecting testosterone, but obviously um, reproduction. So here's an interesting uh, statistic is that expecting fathers have a 50% decrease in testosterone and they have cortisol levels that increase by threefold and that their estradiol doubles causing them to put on body weight. So we know about this dad bod. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not a sympathetic weight gain. (laughs) They're not eating more. Um, These effects are from an increase in prolactin to prepare for the long nights of no sleep. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the more contact the father has away from the baby or the smell of the baby, because now we're getting into pheromones, the less this cascade of hormonal shift occurs. But please, men, in no way am I encouraging you to be an absentee father (laughs) to get your body back. (laughs) Deadbeat dad bod. Deadbeat dad bod. (laughs) I'm going to make a t-shirt. So yeah, isn't that fascinating? I mean, you, you... It's classic though, right? You know, when you have a couple and... You know, they're all fit and awesome looking and, you know, they they have a baby and, yeah, dad gets dad bod. So there's the reason, increase in prolactin. All right, so um, another thing that will interrupt testosterone production is feeling under the weather. 
illness, as it turns out, releases inflammatory cytokines. And specifically, the one that seems to be connected to decreasing testosterone is a pro-inflammatory cytokine called interleukin-6. This will decrease the desire for sex because it's decreasing testosterone and estradiol. Now, everybody knows I don't really feel like doing the do while I don't feel well, but this is a big part of it as well. So staying healthy, staying well, keeping your inflammatory cytokines down is key. I don't know how anybody had babies in the last few years, but anyways, um, (laughs) where there's a will, there's a way. All right, so uh, next thing to go into, I think most people sort of know that lack of exercise will decrease testosterone or certainly not help you make it. But exercise provides um, an increase in dopamine, which will increase testosterone. So, and what is also really interesting and fascinating to me is that competition really increases testosterone. (laughs) particularly when you win. So you'll get a lot of dopamine production when you win, but you'll get dopamine production even if you lose. So, yeah. So competition is super healthy for us, but don't be a sore loser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, what kind of exercise do we need to do specifically for testosterone production it looks like heavy weight training is probably going to be the best for producing testosterone. Somewhere around 70 to 90% of your max effort, this will recruit a lot of neurons in um, to increase the testosterone. Somewhere between one and eight reps, uh, you'll get about one to two days of this testosterone um, peak and... Um, it, then you're going to have to work out again. <laughs> so, but yeah, so this this will definitely provide feedback to the gonads to to level up. So, you know, anytime you're doing really hard work, you're you're definitely going to need more testosterone, and this is what's happening. To note, um, over over exercise, right? Because you know that's a thing too. So if you're you know exerting yourself too much. Um, then you'll get an increase in cortisol, which will do the opposite. So if you're planning on doing, let's say, for example, a marathon or just, you know, an endurance workout, you know, this can definitely decrease testosterone. So yeah, if you want to optimize testosterone, do the weightlifting first. And long cardio workouts are considered over 75 minutes, just so you have a time frame. Um, anything over 75 minutes is is going to increase cortisol and decrease testosterone. Mm. I mean, I you know, when you think about body types, your long-distance runner, uh, they definitely don't have a lot of muscles, right? They're pretty lanky people. So yeah, running's definitely not going to be the thing to boost your testosterone, especially at long distances. Okay, um, moving into something, I think some people are beginning to to find out um, is that they have an issue with sleep apnea. So poor breathing technique, otherwise known as mouth breathing, um, will definitely decrease your testosterone. 
So maybe having some tape near your bed like Janelle has. <laughs> and so you can start to breathe through your nose. That's going to be very helpful. That'll increase your cortisol, by the way, if you're breathing through your mouth. So that'll indirectly decrease that testosterone and estradiol. And then the last is reactive oxygen species. So you want to avoid those muffin tops, browning on the bread, browning on the veggies and the meats on the grill. Also, um, avoid stress in general because stress will cause cholesterol to be converted to cortisol instead of testosterone and estrogen if the stress levels are too high. So behavioral changes, I mean, it, just sum it up, right? We want to be breathing through our nose and not our mouth. So, you know, making sure there is, you know, no sleep apnea, getting your UV light into your eyes, exercising, avoiding EMF, blue light, and stress. And then one last thing to plug is cold thermogenesis. Um, this is something that you want because cold thermogenesis will help you to also make testosterone. So ice baths, cold showers, these will cause a rebound in vasodilation, causing an increase in blood flow to the gonads. So yeah, the pituitary is also going to be stimulated, causing an increase in hormone secretion through the va vascular system. So one to 10 minutes of an ice bath will increase testosterone and estradiol by cooling the neurons and shut down entry of blood and hormones to the gonad. But then you, as you warm up, you will stimulate a rebound effect. All right. And as always, whenever we're talking about lifestyle changes, small things done consistently move mountains. And there's a lot of information. I'm going to give you some, uh, some more here and just be thinking about, um, you know, you can check the show notes and maybe pick one or two things from each category. Let it be a, a small endeavor at first and then let that grow. Add things in um, just so you don't get overwhelmed. There's quick fixes, as Dr. Daniels told you, sometimes can exacerbate symptoms. Eventually, it comes back around to doing exactly what we were running from. And when we ask our bodies to uh, have this result without creating conditions so for that to arise, then that can cause a lot of imbalance. We have to pay for it eventually. So I'm going to offer an Ayurvedic perspective because it has so much to do with lifestyle and food. And then herbs are, are part of the Ayurvedic lifestyle, but herbs are very assertive. And they're something that you kind of put in to the little blank spots that the food hasn't created for you in the lifestyle, okay? So I'm going to offer this Ayurvedic perspective, greatly simplified, of course. And then, you know, I'll try to give you some good leads to follow up on and just know that a lot of this is going to be in the show notes. The endocrine system. Endocrine system is the rhythm of life, and so it responds to rhythm. And it's nourished by routine. And the routine here really is the remedy for stress. Stress is upstream from everything that compromises your testosterone levels. And the principles of Dinacharya that Kate taught us in our previous show, if you remember, the harmonizing of our activities to the flow of circadian rhythm is really the best way to regulate and balance the endocrine system. And this is the fundamental key to longevity. 
There are beautiful foods and herbs, like I said, I'll mention later, but this circadian routine, this is the edifice of the temple, my friends. So this is a lifestyle observing balance between action and repose, the exertion of energy and our return to rest. And it's really when we exercise discernment and willpower to respect this balance that we find the good results. And this is how your intelligent body and all of its amazing endocrine system properties can adapt and thrive well into old age. Okay, so so here's something. I'm going to say it in a different way than Dr. Jeanette. Hang your hat on this. Okay, when you relax, your body responds by increasing the sex hormone. Right? When you relax, that's when your body is like, oh, it's time to mate. It's not when you're, you have chronic stress and your body is turning down your immune system and your digestion, all these other things. You're certainly not going to have time to make babies. And, and so it's the relaxation that turns on your sex hormone. So this is a really big part of the Ayurvedic teachings around this. And our sexual energy is the most precious creative power that we have. Our sexual hormones and the, really the whole of our reproductive system, including the organs, the nerves, the blood vessels, all these are considered tissues, or the Sanskrit word is datus, and these are the most sacred, regenerating, and they actually, they actually also need the most care, as you can imagine. So in Ayurveda, this is called shukra. This, these tissues, this reproductive complex is called shukra, which means radiant, bright, and pure. And your testosterone levels are right at the core of this. So it can be nourished every day. But of course, on the flip, it can also be damaged every day. So in Ayurveda, there's three pillars of health. And if you get these sorted out, you're going to live a long and happy and, and sexy life. <laughs> so, the, so there's the three pillars are food, sleep, and sex. Food, sleep, and sex. Now food, the Sanskrit word is ahara. And this is what we eat. It's how we eat. It's how we digest and assimilate the food. And it's also how and when we poop. And we illuminate. I won't say where we poop. That's up to you. Um, <laughs> sleep is nidra. And if you've ever done a yoga nidra practice, they have them at a lot of yoga studios. It's a yogic sleep, a guided meditation. And to sleep at nidra means sleep. And this, this pertains to the regenerative process of rest and repose. Okay? And then sex. Sex, not just the sex act itself, but the actual behaviors and the tending to the fire of sex is called brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means the path of God, and it really addresses the correct use of our sexuality. I don't want to remind you that our sexuality and our sexual forces is all of our creative energy. It's really all the our general energy. So if we just kind of take it away from imagining the sex act being our sexual energy, it really is all of our vitality. And you might recognize this name, brahmacharya. This principle comes from the first limb of the eight limbs of yoga. And this first limb is foundational. It's from the foundational ethical practices called the yamas, which could be interpreted as restraints and observances, but really restraints and observances that actually free you up. <laughs> and there's five of these. So brahmacharya shows up as the correct use of sexual energy. And it's really talking about the use of all of our energy, which is finite. So we have to, there's an art to it, right? It's finite. It's going to run out. We may not think so when we're 20, but it's true. I'm, I always joke that maybe, you know, when we were younger, we were just borrowing from the end. <laughs> <laughs> so brahmacharya, it's often misunderstood to, meet, 
mean complete celibacy, like no sex. Nope, that's not what it means. It it wasn't directed just at monks living in ashrams. It was actually the this the idea of sexuality and these teachings were directed to householders where folks are married and having kids and enjoying their lives. So it calls for the understanding of the divinity of our sexuality and how we can avoid losing, leaking, and squandering our sexual force. So what squanders our sexual or vital forces? Dr. Daniels told us a lot about some of those things. Chronic stress, bad food, substance abuse, emotional turmoil, excessive or unresolved grief, especially, over-exercise and under-exercise for that matter, too much blue light from screens, not enough sun. These are all damaging. But the big one is excessive ejaculation. This is the number one thing that will tank your T levels, right? So if you want to maintain and increase your testosterone levels, please look into practices of retention and transmutation. You're going to see these in a lot of Eastern teachings. You can find them in more esoteric yoga teachings, not so much the super mainstream stuff, but the Taoist tradition holds this care of your sexuality as an absolute necessity. So you'll find a lot of information on the topic. And I'm going to share in the show notes a video guiding the practice that I do and I most recommend, which is the Hamsa Pranayama. And it involves both a silent and audible mantra and then simple moving energy similar to Qigong. So again, there's a rabbit hole for you. I'll put it in the show notes. So let's talk about food. The specific foods for testosterone that are really good are rich in protein, omega-3, magnesium, bromelain, and vitamin D and zinc. And these can help replenish the levels when consumed in appropriate quantities. Okay, a big one, foods with nitric oxide. Shout out to the sun again, as Dr. Daniels said, echoing and echoing, the sun helps us to generate that nitric oxide. So this allows the venous structures of the penis to relax and to dilate, and the dilation is what we're going for, right? So Viagra, again, to, to Viagra gives that temporary erection, stimulating the heart to release the enzymes that produce nitric oxide, but at some point you have to pay the piper um, <laughs> because you can't just keep asking the heart to do that. Um, when it's not a natural condition, right? So we're going to do it naturally. Uh, foods that have a lot of nitric oxide, number one, friend, arugula, and also like a lot of the bitter greens, amazing, okay? Beets, spirulina, pomegranates, dark chocolate, citrus, walnuts, and watermelon. A lot of those are also sun foods, by the way, huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, so another one, banana. It contains a lot of bromelain and vitamin B, and these are testosterone-stimulating. Bromelain um, has a lot of functions, but one of the things that does clear inflama inflammation, it's an enzyme that helps to clear inflammation, and, doc and Dr. Daniels told us about how that's important. Pineapple, also probably the highest in bromelain. Lemon and other citrus fruits reduce cortisol. Remember, that goes down, and something else goes up. <laughs> okay, cortisol is... <laughs> I mean testosterone, you guys. Come on, what did you think I was meaning? Okay, cortisol is a hormone secreted in excess with chronic stress. So this is like one of the main inhibitors of testosterone, and it's associated, of course, with impotency. So vitamin A is present in lemons, and this can also increase testosterone production, and this can reduce estrogen content, and that is usually helping with the function of testosterone too. Avocados. They're high in 
vitamin B6, folic acid, and these can help improve your levels. Okay, so these foods are considered what we call in Ayurveda sattvic. They're calming, they're clearing, they bring you into balance. But, but we also, we, there's the repose, right? We also need a little bit of action. We need something that stimulates. We call this rajasic, um, that, that creates a reaction and is a little hotter and creates some more circulation, okay? So number one, red meat. <laughs> and this is a rich um, source of vitamin D, Okay? And we know the vitamin D is something that stimulates our sexual forces. So um, rich in vitamin D and zinc. And um, I want to say, of course, you want to choose grass-fed and hopefully organic because you have to ask what they put on the grass <laughs> and cook it cleanly. I'll, I'll echo what Jeanette said about the um, grilling and that can be carcinogenic. So you, you want to find different ways to cook your meat, okay? Then like, I know that it's fun. on the That's fine every once in a while, but don't mix a lot of fat into it. Don't fry it. Don't let it be greasy, full of antibiotics, pesticides, no good. So find some ways to, to cook it cleanly. Salmon, mm, omega-3 and vitamin D, uh, really rich in those two things. Sweet potatoes, vegetables like sweet potatoes are rich in concentrations of vitamin A. They got good quantities of vitamin D, zinc, and phosphorus, and these are good for your levels. And then, ooh, ancient medicine here, ginger. Ginger is super circulating in your system. They use it a lot in Chinese medicine as well for vitality and male vitality. They use it for just about everything, but that's a big one. It's rich in antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin E, and zinc, and these are really good for your T levels. And of course, pumpkin seeds, you probably already know about that one, lots of zinc in there. All right, so the one that usually makes the, the shit list, <laughs> number one on the avoid, the, the avoid foods that decrease testosterone, sugar. Consuming high levels of sugar, uh, this can increase the production of insulin to digest it. And there's, a, there's according to a study, and I'm going to include this study in the show notes, the increase in level of insulin in the body could be related to lower T levels, okay? And this includes like alcohol. And beer especially has hops in it, which increases estrogen, right? So that's something to think about. Fast food, fried food, gums, gunks up the works, reduces nitric oxide, processed food. I don't need to tell you too much about this. You know this already, right? Leftovers and stale food is one that could be sneaky. So leftover food, food that's cooked that you, you, know, you make too much, you leave it in your fridge, you eat it the next day. Leftover food... Um, Increases something in, we call it in Ayurveda, grutva. Grutva is um, just this uh, hard to digest, uh, immune system compromising thing that modern science has <laughs> done its research and said, yeah, it's super high in histamines. Leftover food creates an autoimmune response, which creates stress. Okay. So for lifestyle, Vihar is an Ayurvedic term. It means uh, a good lifestyle that has a healthy diet and adequate exercise. Vihar, doesn't that word just sound like vital? Vihar. It's like regulated metabolism, good flow of hormones, strength and endurance. So Vihar practices that help with just kind of that part of you that's a, a horse running through the, the forest. <laughs> that's That was the image that I saw in my head anyway. <laughs> um, so big one, yes, I'll echo what... Dr. Jeanette said, resistance and weight training. I'm going to throw a study from PubMed in, PubMed in there. Um, men who perform strength training exercises three days a week for as long as four weeks registered 
increased testosterone levels in their body. And I'm going to tell you about some specific ones that are really particularly good for creating this. And all right. So front and back squats, deadlifts, bench presses, rows, pull-ups and chin-ups and lunges. Now there's a, a good amount of those that are in your legs, right? Really pulling that energy down into your root chakra through your legs. Um, but these particular, I'll say them again, front and back squats, deadlifts, bench presses, rows, pull-ups and chin-ups, lunges. And then this is a to kind of add to what she was saying about the steady state cardio, like these long distance runs, not exactly how our adrenal glands really want to function. So high intensity interval training, according to another study, I'll throw in the show notes, 90 seconds of intense cardio workouts followed by 90 seconds of rest. They help to improve testosterone levels in men, okay? And so there's that bursting, um, kind of bursting exercise and then rest. And I must tell you, I must testify that for myself, my hormones really healed when I started working out that way many years ago. Um, When I was about 35, I started working out that way. And I found a lot of healing in my own hormonal system. So high-intensity interval exercises, burpees, bicycle crunches, jump lunges, sprints, high knees, you can figure it out, planks, stuff like that. Yoga is awesome, Um, increases blood flow, stimulates parasympathetic nervous system, helps your lymph system, super duper reduces stress when you relax and your body responds by increasing your sex hormones. You can incorporate incorporate this in pretty easily. It doesn't have to be super complex or you don't have to practice for very long um, when you do practice. Cold showers or ice baths, ding, 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 ditto, yes. Cold showers for at least five to 10 minutes help to improve blood circulation and help regulate hormone secretion. And I love all of the additional information that Dr. Jeanette gave, Dr. Jeanette gave us. And here's a question. Is that a cell phone in your pocket? <laughs> I'm not going to give the cliche joke answer. <laughs> I'm going to say, get it out of there. <laughs> cell phones are known to create radiation boxes within their vicinity, right? So um, I'm going to suggest, and I'll put it in the show notes as well, a Faraday cover. You can slip your, you can slip your phone into a Faraday cage. Because I know, guys, we're not going to get you to start carrying purses. <laughs> it's just kind of, everything goes in your pockets. We love you for that. You know, we're going to get you a Faraday cage, though. You're going to get that for yourself, Okay. Um, all right. So meditation reduces cortisol, channels vitality. Big one. Get your sleep. Get your sleep. Refer to the Dinacharya chart and the show notes for our episode five. Um, but suggesting getting getting in bed by ten, up by six, in somewhere in that vicinity. Getting um, that's just one of really honestly number one, the most effective and natural way to increase testosterone in your body. Um, I'll throw in some other studies. I got a nice JAMA study. Men who cut back on their sleep cycles experienced a a pretty hard blow to their testosterone levels. No pun intended. (laughs) Moreover, adequate sleep is essential to stay fresh and energetic. Okay, you got to keep your fluids flowing. And now I'm going to get to herbs, and I won't spend much time here. I'm going to give you in the show notes, I'm going to give you a list and some rabbit holes to go down on this. But you may have heard of, or you may already be taking ashwagandha. And you know what? This is really the main one. It's super amazing. There's just so much research and study supporting it too. So clinical trials have shown this herb can increase levels of testosterone by 30% in people aged 40 to 70 years old. Okay, Ashwagandha has properties to reduce stress as well. Uh, and 
it's kind of an adaptogen, as its its counterpart for women is called shatavari. But shatavari also works for men. It in general a hormonal adaptogen. So you can think about it as the yin and the yang, the shatavari and the ashwagandha together. And that's usually what respectively men and women take in India. Okay, so lots of people, thousands of years of human research, human trials. <laughs> um, Another one is called shilajit, which is usually a, a mineral that they find high in the mountains, up, up with the sun where it's nice and cold, <laughs> thermogenesis, right? Um, the shilajit is amazing. Uh, there's one called couch beige, and of course you'll see the spelling in the show notes of all these. Gokru, which really helps work with the circulation of your urinary tract and, and all of the, kind of keeps the pipes flowing. Um, so those are some of the major ones, okay? Um, and... Again, it's a lot of information. Pick a few things to start with. You can always contact us with additional questions. We love your questions, your case studies, your curiosities. So is there anything else you wanted to, mm-hmm. to yeah. add? Yeah. So when you were talking about uh, B6 and avocado, right? Mm-hmm. So B6 is really important, especially if you're interested in the refractory period, mm. men, after sex. Um, vitamin B6 will reduce prolactin levels so you can get going again. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got uh, PubMed in 2011 and did a research study on, they were comparing observing sex compared to having sex and what that did to testosterone levels. So... The subjects who observed sex had a 10% increase in testosterone, but those actually having sex had a 70% increase while having sex. The number that was even more impressive was that no sex for a week will increase your testosterone up to 400%. So my advice and final take home is, Make your dates once weekly. <laughs> and also don't have dates with yourself. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that's a good point too. So we need to find out what, where the testosterone goes after that. Yeah. Well, that was fun. And um, I just, yeah, I want to encourage you to reach out to us um, at the Gmail address on our website. And that is D-R-D-A-N-E-A. Ls at gmail.com, Dr. Daniels at gmail.com. You can ask us anything, but we'll probably just answer your health questions on here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you more than you want. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, and yeah, we look forward to the next question. Keep them coming. hope this conversation has empowered you. Remember, you are unique and you are a miracle. Your body doesn't make mistakes. It responds perfectly to an imperfect environment. Until next time, go get that life. <laughs>